0: Ken Copeland recently said at his minister's conference, he was saying that, you know, nothing else will satisfy your spirit but the word. The word of God is not intellectual food, even though it blesses our intellect. The word of God feeds our spirit. The word of God feeds our spirit, man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It doesn't feed our intellect. It complements it. It blesses it. But it feeds our spirit. That in and of itself should create something on the inside of us. A greater, you know what, like, a, like that's part of what the awakening is going to do. That is part of what God's spirit coming upon this earth is going to do. It's going to help sharpen us in the spirit. The Paul used some language or the New Testament, it says, contend, contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. Let me say it this way. You need to contend for your faith. You need to contend for your faith. And you, Albert, protect your faith. Because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants your faith. Hallelujah. I just want to get a little imagery to this. He wants your soul to damn it forever. So that demons in hell can rip your limbs off and they grow back on and they rip it off again. Eternally in hell. Who wants to go to hell? Nah, hell I ain't got nothing I want. <sighs> Hallelujah. Where's your faith today? How valuable is your faith today? And our faith. Whoa, baby. Say brand, brand new beginning. I was so encouraged by Pastor Tim's word last week. Hallelujah, when he came out of the stable gate and he used Ezra and how the spirit of God came on a heathen pagan king to do something good for the people of God. Now, I want you to think about that, what we looked at last week in Ezra chapter one and what he brought to the table. And how. The king's heart was moved by God, a pagan king, a heathen king that had nothing to do with God, didn't want anything to do with God. But yet God moved on his heart to release the Israelites to go to rebuild the city. Pastor Tim pointed out they traveled through dangerous territory. They went across a desert and they found their future place in desolation. The temple destroyed. But God wanted it rebuilt so he could come in his presence and his glory. Manifest his presence again amongst his people. Raise up a people amongst the nations. God wants to raise up his church. With a voice. With love, grace, mercy, fruit of the spirit. The power of God being released through his people. Well, praise God. I'm in, Lord. (laughs) How about anybody else? Are you in? Do you want that? I'll tell you what. There is a fighting. There, There are so many voices, guys. Voices. Wanting our attention. To distract us from the things that are important. What is your calling in life? What is your calling in as far as one of being one of the king's kids? What has father revealed to you by his spirit of your importance and your value and your commission? It's not enough just to be saved. God has purpose. He is fruitful. Remember the garden you hear it here quite often. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them be fruitful. Multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion on the earth. Now, all of those words of God's intent for you and I are productive. They're fruitful. But every one of them require faith and require action. Hallelujah. You know, if you don't, if you want to have the same experience you've had up till this moment, you don't have to change anything in your life. But if you want something different by the end of this year, you're going to have to make something, make changes in our lives. We have to make different choices. We have to change the way we work. Work at what? Advancing the kingdom. You know, you have to work at protecting your time with God. You have to work. Because I'll tell you what, there are all kind of things that want our time. Do you have a prayer time? Do you have a set time that is for you and God? Or has it been stolen by the thief? Jesus, how many believe that Jesus was the son of God, God the son? Then his words need to have value with us. He's the one that said in John 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. That's the devil's game plan for your life. He may not take you out at the, in just an instant. He doesn't care if it takes your lifetime to destroy your soul and damn you to hell. And if he loses your soul and you get born again, you get saved and you start walking with the king. His next very next option is to keep you from learning who you are in Christ. So he works hard to keep you and I disillusioned, ignorant. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. So what does the next thing the devil go for? To keep you and I ignorant of spiritual things. And man, when he, when, when, you give, <laughs> when we gave our life to Christ, oh, he was angry. <laughs> uh, lost another one. <laughs> But I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring a big lie into the church. Tell them tongues were just for the New Testament. Just for the book of Acts. We don't want people to get filled, baptized in the Holy Ghost and filled with the spirit of God. We don't want people's faith to be operating on 24-7 on trusting that they have the still small voice inside them. We know the devil, listen, the devil knows that the Word of God says that he who builds himself, he who speaks in another tongue, builds himself up on this holy faith. He knows it's in the book. So, what's he going to try to do? Keep you and I just apathetic, lethargic regarding even praying in tongues. Boy, if you hear anything in this house, you hear that, don't you? Why? It's important. The tongues of angels and the tongues of men. That when we... D- <laughs> In Ephesians 5.18, it says, Do not be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But... Be being filled with the Holy Ghost. You can't drink enough of the Holy Ghost. Elena was touching on it. We should be so filled with the Holy Ghost on it every day that we're just kind of like inebriated in him. When's the last time somebody accused you of public drunkenness and you knew you didn't have one shot of alcohol or beer? Or wine. When's the last time we were accused? I mean, they happened back there at the birth of the church. Aren't we a little bit further down the road? What did they do that we don't? What happened to them? Why was there an explosion in in the upper room? Well, the church just needed a—you know—it was kind of like the church needed an explosion to get moving. The church needs an explosion twenty-four-seven. We need an explosion when we come out of that bed. I've heard some different women of the word back then, uh, back in the 80s. Billy Adams, Vicki Jameson, different people of the word. Billy Adams, she was funnier than anything, boy. She was a word woman from the lines up and the loins down. And she woke up every morning. She said, I wake up in the morning and say, hi, Father it's me, Billy, your favorite. (laughs) Why can't we do it? Every one of us should be able to say, hi, Lord, it's me, your favorite son. Hallelujah. (laughs) I know I'm your favorite. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I know every one of my brothers are your favorite. And I know every one of my sisters are your favorite. But I'm your favorite. I'm one of your favorites. He'll even move on the hearts of the unsaved to help us get into the place we need to get. When I looked at that and I was pondering, I listened again to the message because faith comes by hearing and hearing. That's one of the beauties of technology, that you have the availability to tap into resources, to hear the word of God that was preached. You can always hear the word. You can have the Bible on tape, and that's good. Great for meditation, for feeding your spirit, man. But what is God saying? What's he saying to you, to this house corporately, of which you are a part of and you're a living cell in this expression of the family of God? Why do you even pay your tithes here? Are you getting fed? I remember John Bevere. How many of you know who John Bevere is? Okay, John Bevere is an amazing teacher in the body of Christ. And he was a youth minister at Benny Hens Church. Benny Hinn. Evangelistic pastor. Amen. Signs, wonders, healings, miracles, the presence of God. Travel with Catherine Coleman. Carried that anointing. Was often there. Oh, and I'm telling you what, God, we are so blessed. 1975, Carol and I, we had just been saved a year, went to one of Catherine Coleman's meetings in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I don't know that we've ever sensed the energy, the power, and the presence of God like we did in that meeting. I'm talking about unseen lightning. (laughs) It just felt like lightning bolts were going past us. And we are way up in the balcony. When she came out. And the Holy Ghost and the prayer that was going up for that place and that service, the miracles, the people that walked into that shrine, to that temple, that building. People that I mean, I'm telling you, I saw stuff that I had never seen in my life, the conditions of people, humanity in the flesh that were desperate for a miracle. Where did they go for it to the place where miracles were happening? You know, the Bible says this, that some are going to get to heaven as it were by fire. They're going to be saved and just be content with being saved. Just go through life, you know, paying their tithes. Hearing the word, but not really doing anything with it, but they're going to go to heaven. But is that how you want to go to heaven? It's not how I want to go to heaven. I want to be. I want to take the talents and the gifts he's given me and put them to work. Put them to work. matter of fact, God expects me to put all the talents and gifts he's put in me to work. And yet he doesn't force me to. He gives me choice. See, this is going to be a year of new beginnings for some, hopefully all. But if you want the same result that you had in 2017, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to change anything in your life. You can be a great a good Christian. say a good Christian. Everybody say good Christian. Yeah love God, our love for God isn't questioned here, but sometimes our love for God is shallow. Now, let me explain that a minute. Our love can be shallow. I have noticed that we're married 49 years, and there are times in our marriage where my love was shallow for my wife, not intentionally, Because I was so busy, and there was so much going on, and this was, you know, kids need this, and you got this going on in ministry and church and everything else, and you feel like you're juggling a lot of stuff. And Carol and I, we always made that decision. We said, you know what? That's not going to happen to us, the emptiness syndrome. When all those five curtain climbers leave the house, hallelujah, that we are not going to be one of those like, who are you? But you know what? The kids came and went. And when they had gone, there was the empty house syndrome. And there was still that element of like Rutro Rutro, I'm in rubble now. Who are you? <laughs> because now we had undivided attention for each other. And we realized that even though we thought we had safeguarded it and protected it, that there had been an element of not the deep intimacy. Now, I'm not talking about sexual, just intimacy. Soul, our souls, our wills, our, inte- our intellect, and emotion. Are you with me? And there's nothing more precious than relationship, nothing more precious. He said, and God's commission for you is to be fruitful, to multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. He would not put anything on us that we can't handle or manage or grow into. Some people, leaders are, some, some people are born leaders. You don't even have to tell them. They just do it automatic. It's like innate in their DNA. But every one of God's people can be developed to be a leader. How do you lead? Well, do you need a title to lead? Absolutely not. John Maxwell, one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest inspired uh, motivational speakers, but uh, had been a pastor for years. He said something. He said he defined leadership this way. Leadership is influence. Leadership is influence. You can have wrong leadership if you're influencing people in the wrong way. Amen. You're a bad leader by default. But if you're in influencing people in, in the Lord, in righteousness, right living. Now, when I say righteousness, it's not being weird. But I'm just saying that you, your, the, his character in us is so developing that it's oozing out of us. That people like being around you. And sometimes they're not even sure why. Sometimes they ask, what is it about you? And you can have that as the door opens. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. I have a personal relationship with him. And his Holy Spirit is in me. And he kind of, it kind of comes out of of his sons and daughters like a fragrance. So it's him. It's his presence that you're sensing. Would you like to know him? See, and then sometimes it's like, oh, well, no. Then you have to go to the next step. Would you like to? Meet him or would you like to experience this, Jesus? What's happening? You're contending for the faith. You're actively employing the the faith of Jesus Christ inside of you, Jesus. He was accused of, of drunkenness and hanging around with harlots. By the religious leaders. Why do you hang around with these kind of people? And his answer was, it's not the well who needs the doctor. He didn't look at their natural conditions. He saw their spiritual condition. There was a book many years ago called The Symbols of the Holy Spirit. And in that book of Symbols of the Holy Spirit, the gentleman who wrote that book said that he used the the dove, and he presented it this way. He said, Do you know that the dove is the only species on the planet? The only species on the planet that has the ability to dive into an ash heap and come up untainted. Not one bit of ash can cling to it because of its design. So the Holy Ghost can go into the darkest place. David said, If I go to hell, you are there. You're everywhere. You're everywhere. God is everywhere. Amen? He's omnipresent. I don't know if you ever tried to think about that for a while. Dave said, if I go to Sheol, you're there. Did you ever ask yourself or try to meditate on that? How is God in hell? When's the last time you asked yourself that question and searched it out? That's a good question. I' focus on doing the works of the Father right now. <laughs> How in the world can I be fruitful? How can I multiply? How do I replenish things? How do I subdue things and gain control and governorship of situations in my life? How do I have dominion? When in, in life, it seems like there are times I feel like I have no control over things. Anybody been there? You ever felt like you had, man, I, I'm, I, don't, I, have, I can't get my hands on this. I, 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 I can't force in our case, I couldn't force our five offspring to know God the way I do. Can't force him. I can't force our grandkids to perform for us. But I have a promise. So what do I do? I work the promise. Because God's not a man that he should lie, and he watches over his word to perform it. Malachi 2.15, he said, why did he, the question's asked, why did he make husband and wife one? Because he desires godly offspring. So he wants the father and the mother to model a lifestyle of the benefits of knowing God so that their kids, even if they drift, when they might get old, they will not depart from the faith. God will always have a base point in their life. I got news for you. Your neighbors are watching you and your coworkers are watching your life and have watched it. And you know what the Holy Spirit will help use to get their soul saved? Something you shared, something you did. Well, that was a long time ago. How about Dana Prieto last week when we were sharing that? It was June of 2005. He got a message in tongues and interpretation here at Good News. He came out for a Joe Jordan meeting. And part of that word was, you remember we were sharing about it last week? Do you remember? Part of that word was Carol had tongues and she, she grabbed a Kleenex box. This is part of what the Holy Spirit inspired. She was looking at him and giving the tongue and took a thing and went like this. And then the tongues continued, and she went like this and dropped another one. And the tongues continued, and she took this and went like that. Why don't you step up and interpret that? <laughs> Feet don't fail me now. You know, Shadbox said one time, he said, people said, You want to see my cancer? He said, Don't show me that cancer. You'll kill my faith. So this happens, and I'm supposed to interpret the tongues and the drama, the, at the actual demonstration of God saying something here. You, you know the saying, A picture's worth a thousand words. One, two, and three tissues drop to the floor. And part of it was, I have placed in you anointings. And you've kicked them, as it were, to the side. Didn't mean he kicked them uh, disrespectfully, but he just kind kind of kicked them to the side. And the Lord is saying to you, it's your choice which anointing you want to step into. Now, how do you get anointings with tissues? I don't know. The Holy Ghost did. Last year, at Bible, Winter Bible Seminar at Rama Bible Training Center, Kenneth Hagen Jr. comes over to the section of where Dana Prieto is in. And he said, there's two people over here in this section. And God is saying, I've placed on you an anointing. And it's not necessarily ministry, but it's your choice to step into it. Dana remembered, at that point, a prophecy through tongues and interpretation he got 12 years before. Say 12 years. Do you value what God says to you? Do, I, I don't mean that in an accusatory way, but do we value it? Do we write it down? You know, a prophetic word, a personal prophetic word, but even a corporate word, are you ascertaining? Are you penning down what God is saying to this house corporately? Because you you in the corporate and what, what's our responsibility to do with prophecy? It's not just to fill a slot in time and pretend like the Holy Spirit's saying something. In him is life, and the life is the light of men. Is inspiration from God important to you and I? Do we value it? Absolutely, we do. By faith, I'm decreeing it over you all. We value the Holy Ghost. We value the Word of God. We value the inspiration. And the only way I can prove to myself and prove that I value it is by contending for it. Amen? I'll tell you what. Let somebody break in my house. Amen? I'm going to contend to protect my home. You're going to be Ray and 45. And the name of Jesus. Well, better yet. The name of Jesus, 45 if necessary. It will do the job, but I'm going to contend for the safety of my home. Would you, or are you just going to roll over and say, take whatever you want? Amen. Come on guys. I'm talking about, so don't let the devil plunder your house. So how do we do that? What are you saying? Pastor, this is a brand new beginning. For what? To shake off the shackles. Shake off the apathy. Shake off, liquor, shake it off the lethargy. I need to be sober and vigilant and contending for my faith. And hit the faith of God. Because God, listen, God paid such a price for your salvation. We have to value what Christ did for us. You know, when The Passion of the Christ came out with Jim Caviezel, I watched that, and my heart broke. We left the movie theater weeping, speechless after that thing. Couldn't hardly talk because of the imagery and what Jesus did for us. I made a vow that I was going to watch that thing once a month. Just a... Keep me awake. Snap out of it, Shannon. Glory to God. You now, the Bible says you and I have been bought with the price. The Bible says this, you are not your own anymore. I set before you, God says in his word today, I set before for you, death and life. They're your options. You have a choice, but you have no option. They're your choices. You have one option. You want to be damned forever or you want to have eternal life forever? Preach at me. Bless God. What do you want? Are you willing to work for it? Not for you to get saved, but to work and contend for what Christ did for you. Listen, there, I'll tell you what, there's a righteous, a righteous chutzpah that needs to rise up in each one of us. You know what, devil? Thus far, no more. Carol and I used to walk our property line, pleading the blood of Jesus around our property. Walking around the property line. Lord, we apply the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the angels of God. We thank you that our house is consecrated for you and for your glory. We dedicate this. Lord, you said this house was not ours, but yours and to be used for your glory. We put a bloodline around our property. No devil from hell's coming here. Seven times. neighbors probably thought, oh, boy, they're out there again. (laughs) (laughs) The Shannons are wackadoos. Yeah, we're wacky. (laughs) You bet your life we're wacky. (laughs) Hallelujah. In Proverbs, it says, your neighbor lives by you for safety's sake. How about that? You ever have a neighbor you're disgruntled with? Anybody? Am I alone? I've had neighbors I'm not too happy with. And then that proverb comes up, Holy Spirit, what's he do? He reminds you of the word. And at the same time, I want to, like, man, I'd like to jack slap that guy one from one end to the other. Flesh. No, the Holy Spirit says, I've placed them by you for safety's sake. Really? Lord, this ain't right. I had to place them by somebody. Will you contend for him? Will you contend for your neighbor? Will you fight the fight of faith and the spirit for their souls to get saved rather than complain? This did not go anywhere where I expected it to. That's all right. I feel his presence, guys. I really do. I wanted to have this, man, you know, just that sensing today of, of expectancy for the forums. And listen, God, I have to be totally honest with you. Don't mess him. God really wants to do something. I, I just wish I could metamorphose into the image of Jesus and say, my beloved, be here for the forums. It's not just to fill seats. I want to equip you. And the panel, there's going to be such a, a, an awesome flow, the Holy Ghost. Look at open the scripture if you would to job thirty seven five job thirty seven five say i am a child of God, I love his word, I value it, and I will contend for it I heard you ha <laughs> Angels heard you too, wrote it down. God's going to hold us accountable. Job 37.5. God thunders marvelously with his voice. <laughs> Glory to God. He does great things which we cannot comprehend. I'll oh, just leave that verse up there. God thunders marvelously with his voice. Now, I want to give you an instance. Do you remember in the scripture when Jesus got baptized by John the Baptist? Huh? What does the scripture say? It's some say it thundered. They heard God's voice as thunder. Right? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Coming out of the sky, coming out of the clouds. To the point, the some folks say, "Whoa, blue sky sunshine. What's up with thunder?" This is my brother's son. He does great things which we cannot comprehend. Are you with me let's go to Corinthians now go I going to talk about comprehend a minute last year at one of the prayer meetings in 2017 the Holy Spirit towards the conclusion of a prayer meeting came upon me filled me and came upon me to proclaim this and it was this excuse me I'm going to give you a gift of comprehension. Were you here there? No, he, the Holy Ghost said, I'm going to give you. And that was this community of faith. Those present, but those present, if you weren't here, you by 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 association. You can receive it. It, it was for the house. Not all of us going to be at every meeting, but everything that's preached or taught or inspired is, belongs to all of us. And he said, I'm going to give you a gift of comprehension. Hallelujah. I'll take that. I, t- I want to comprehend the things of God. Anybody else? The word comprehend in the Hebrew means to know, to ascertain by saying. By saying. To ascertain what God is saying by saying it. Because the words paint pictures. His word. The truth of Scripture paints pictures. Put that away, Deshaun. Glory to God, I love you. His Word paints pictures. Amen? And it's by chewing on it, and meditating on it, like, God, what do you want me to see? What? Listen, in one verse in Scripture, there could be just a word in a verse that God wants you to look at and dig into. One word. How about contend for the faith? Contend for the faith. Dr. Jeff Thompson preached on that when he was here. And the whole anointing and the message of God was the, listen, there's an onus of responsibility with the church. You're not called to fill a seat. You're not called to just be a neck watcher or a pew sitter. You are called as a vital part of the God body of Christ. You are precious to the whole, and it's not limited to good news. It's the entire body of Christ. No matter where you go, you are a living part, a living stone, and you can fit wherever you travel on this planet because we're one in him. Hallelujah. Amen? So some synonyms for comprehend are Appreciate, assimilate, to discern, a gift of comprehension, discerning the things of God, to envision, to fathom. God's given you and given us a gift, but the gift won't have its power in our life if we don't open it. You have to open the gift. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, I'm just going to read these words real quick to grasp what God is doing and saying to you to apprehend it. To catch it. See, when God's speaking in here, do we catch it or does it go in one ear and out the other? That's why our time with Mom Goodwoman was so precious, because any time there was something that God said, even from his from both his word and by the Holy Ghost, she said, oh, sweethearts, let's give praise to our precious Jesus. She praised Jesus every time the Holy Ghost did something. And I tell you, you know, show me your friends and I'll tell you what you are. My God, I'll tell you what. It was like we were in school. Lord, we're we're taking it we're, what mom said. Her and dad, Goodwin at the Goodwin's church. First assembly of Pas- in Pasadena, Texas. That's what they did. They employed it. They put it to work. They contended. Why? Because when you honor God, God honors you. When we honor God as a congregation and you're saying, and, and the praise is going on in the worship. And you push, you go up a, you go up a notch. You get more involved, more engaged, more sincere, amen, just more passionate. hallelujah, more I'll go what are you doing? You are honoring God. You're not pleasing the pastors I mean we're pleased, hallelujah, to see everybody's involvement. Aren't you glad God gave you a hundred percent? What's, what's going to happen in 2018? God's saying, Give me your all, and I'll give you mine. I've given it to you, but I'm going to watch over my word to perform it. And you will get my all if you give me your all. Hallelujah. I want his all. (laughs) You know what? He can have mine, he can have me. (laughs) Lord, I'm yours. There was a song back in the charismatic renewal, and it was, I'm yours, Lord. Everything I've got, everything I am, everything I'm not, I'm yours, Lord. Try me now and see. See if I can be completely yours. I tell you what, I'm yours, Lord. Yeah. Everything I've got. It gets you to moving. <laughs> Amen. So it also means to it, that it clicks. The gift of comprehension that the words going to click more with you. But listen, what so what am I saying? What's God saying? 2018 can be a year of new beginnings and divine favor, but you have to work it. Contend for it. God did the work so that we can work. We're not Working for salvation. We're working the Word of God for the advancing of His kingdom. No workers, no work gets done. I want to ask you a question Does God need you to get anything done? Anybody? Come on, Kim's, you're all not sure what to answer, are you? I'm going to ask you again Does God need you at all? Yeah. Ah, oh, that's bold. Yes. Well, this is the truth. He doesn't need any of us to get what he wants done. But he has chosen to need us. I am, I am God Almighty, the Lord of heaven and earth, the Alpha Omega. This is coming from heaven. Not right. I have created the galaxies, and they are still being framed out by the word of my power. I have chosen to desire a family of humanoids who are not human, spirit beings who live on a planet called Earth for me. And I've given them the assignment to govern this planet for me as it was me. I choose to need them to get the job done. Think about that. That in and of itself, that God say, I am chosen. Say, I am chosen. chosen. Do you believe it? Well, that means a bunch of other stuff, too, and it's really good. (laughs) But let's go back to John. John. Please join me again with John. Let me find it. My Lord Jesus. John 15. God, these forms, I'm telling you, my faith is fixed because I, I had sensed. I already have an, a great expectancy. Carol and I both do. We have such an expectancy, Tim and Elena. And uh, Bert and Carolyn, it's like, <laughs> you know, you, sometimes you hear this said, this is the best forum we've ever had. <laughs> this one, next weekend, it's going to be the best forum we've ever had. I, I prophesy it. I release that. I believe it. But you know what? We so want the body here and all those who have seen it that the Holy Spirit will draw here for it to be their best experience in a form ever. I believe that one of the sessions we're we're playing with this and man, I'll tell you what, if you don't show up because of this, I'm going to ask God if I can get a switch and take you out behind the woodshed. We want to create an opportunity and it's not going to, sometimes just for, the people in attendance to move in the diverse tongues. To step up and trust the anointing of the Holy Spirit to inspire and give an utterance in tongues and to get that developed in this house at a greater level. Amen. Paul said, I would that you all prophesy that there would be time and an opportunity for you to step up and give uh, something from God. Hallelujah. What does that do? If, you, if your palms are getting sweaty right now, it's because you're like, oh, that's new territory. I've never done that before. But yet I'm a Pentecostal. I'm a charismatic. And yet I've not prophesied in front of the public assembly. Here's the good news. You won't even have to look at the people. You can just come up. If God gives you something. You activate it. I want to say this to you. I heard a preacher say and in Corinthians, it says, as the Holy Ghost wills. And I've heard different vessels over the years say this to the body of Christ Hey, church, he wills. He wills. He's not waiting for you to be perfect for another to come forth because he loves his body too much. And God needs to release things in the earth for people to have faith for and hope. To have hope. You are God's inspiration. To everyone that your path covered, you, that, you know, your, where your feet trod, everyone's path that you go, you come into their presence, you come in their audience. Who's, who? Listen, I can either be Ray Shannon right now in the audience of these people in the front. Or I can be Jesus to them. Are you with me? That if my ri- the richness of my relationship and my time with the Lord. And I come into their presence, and I'm just, it could be talking business. It could be talking about important issues on earth. But there's an essence of his presence because I've been in there. And they know that there, And there's a greater confidence than even in the people we're interacting with, that there's a, a peace that comes, a shalom. You think the world needs peace right now? John 15, we'll get ready to close this. Verse 16, please. Let's look at this again. Because I tell you, this, this would be a good verse. This would be a good verse to put in, on, your, on your mirror or places where you just have a chance to look at it and reflect. It's a great place in the bathroom. You know, put it somewhere where you're going to see it. You did not choose me. But I chose you. But I didn't just choose you. He didn't just choose you, Vince. He appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Fruit of life. And that your fruit should remain. That's kingdom fruit. Say, everybody, say kingdom fruit. Say Christ-like fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Now, listen, I submit this to you. I'm going to submit this to you. That sometimes, maybe, and for your assessment and for your diligence to go pray about this. We love this part. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. I love that. I claim that in Jesus' name. But the condition is just above it. You go and bear fruit. So it takes faith to bear fruit. It's a responsibility to bring forth fruit unto God. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Bless God. Now, what would help me? I can get this in my mouth and in my heart. I am a fruit-bearing son of God. Hallelujah. Shikabababa. I am a fruit-bearing Christian. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have the word of the Lord for somebody today. I have an utterance from the Holy Ghost for somebody today. You start getting that in your heart and into your mouth, and you'll be ready to give it. Hallelujah. But it's not until we're fruitful, according to this, that we can ask the Father whatever. Well, just a thought. I'm going to live my life by it. You choose. You know, I'm like Fox News. I report, you decide. But like I said a couple weeks ago, hey, we're in the court. I'm bringing forth evidence. You're the jury. You choose. I can't force you to do this. I'm not, God doesn't force us to do it or believe it. But I'll tell you what. I think that there's something in here that's it's, it's obvious, but yet a mystery. It's almost like a tension in it. Are you with me? Sometimes it's this holy tension. It's almost like a paradox. It's jumbo shrimp. Come on. How do you get that? You didn't choose me. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus chose you. Think about that for a minute. How valuable are you to him that he chose you? And at the same time of the appointment of the, of the cho- choosing, and, and here's the good news, I didn't just choose you to be my son or daughter. I have appointed you. You should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. What's that? That is the impact of your and my life of bringing the good news of Jesus Christ to others. that your fruit remain. That whatever you ask the Father, my name he may give you. Well, let's look at it as not just going through the motions or just as, as a set of works that we have to do in order to ask the Father and get something answered. But if we blend this whole context with the gift of comprehension, so Father, whatever I ask you, Regarding being fruitful and multiplying, replenishing. I can believe to be fruitful. Listen, God knows every one of our needs. He knows every one of our dilemmas. He knows what's going on in our lives, and he loves us so much that he saved us. But he loves us too much to leave us as we are. Remember that one? He loves us too much to leave us as we are. Because God the Father has a goal that you and I go transformed, that we're transformed from glory to glory into the image of Jesus. Now, how how are you and I going to look like him? When we live like him. I mean, I could go for a head of hair and a beard again. I could do that. But does that make me look like Jesus? How about if I change my clothes and put the robes on and you know, a uh, tallit. Is that going to make me look like Jesus or just like a religious fool? No, you and I can look like Jesus as we're transformed by the Word and we activate our faith. Activate our faith. God wants you to get this and in in, uh, us to get this in our heart and in our mouth and in our, our spirit and our soul. I am appointed to bear fruit and I expect. God to watch over his word to perform it. I'm going to do my part. Father, I am asking you because you chose me and you appointed me. I'm asking you for the grace to bear much fruit this year. I'm not content in just getting to heaven on my own. I want to take a whole lot of folk with me. Anybody else want to do that? Do you love your family? Somebody, God bless you. And now part of the forum is going to help us accomplish this next verse. John fourteen twelve. 12. 13 and 14. John 14, 12, please. Jesus speaking again to you and I, Jesus. Lord, we, we I believe your spirit was endeavoring to help us. Move into a place of faith and communion with you and in, in the worship segment. In praise, but also in the worship area. And as those utterances were coming forth, Lord. That you were. Trying to woo us into a place so that we would be spiritual minded. So that we would have comprehension. Now, Jesus said this, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Say fruit. And greater works than these will he do because I go to be with my father. Well, forget about the greater works because that really just means more numerous he was on the planet for three and a half years. Technology today, a man or woman of God or anybody can give a testimony on national or on global TV, and hundreds or thousands can be saved at one testimony. That's a greater work. Amen? I mean, 3,000 getting saved at the preaching of Peter ain't bad. First day, the church is born. I would like a couple of those meetings. 3,000 folk getting saved simultaneously. How about you? Most assured, I say he who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my father. Verse 13. Oh, here comes the fruit again. And whatever you ask in my name that I will do, that the father may be glorified in the son. Now, this is a different application. But it's in the fruit bearing lifestyle of a Christian. Ask here in the context is whatever you demand. So there's an asking of the Father, and then there's a demanding in our governorship on the earth. Are you with me? Let's look at it in there. And whatever you demand in my name, that I will do. It's not bossing Jesus around, but Mark 16, remember that? These signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will Cast out demons. They will lay hands on the sick. They'll speak with new tongues. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means harm them. They'll pick up serpents and scorpions in my name, and it will have no power or effect on them. Come on. So here, because of the previous verse, say context. The context is doing greater works and doing the works of the Father, like Jesus. How did Jesus do it? He had authority over the the demonic realm. He had authority over sickness and disease. So you and I have authority. We've been entrusted with authority over sickness and disease. That doesn't mean it may not show up in our path or in our experience, but we have authority over it regardless. Not on my watch. You have no right in my body. You have no right on my mate. You have no right. And in the name of Jesus Christ... I command you to leave. I command you to be healed. If the person wants to be. We pray for people that were demonized. We pray for people that were demonized. And they didn't want to be delivered. It was part of the learning process. You knew they had a devil. Devil, come out of them in Jesus' name. Is he out yet? I'm serious. They didn't want to be delivered. You have to know when to deliver. A person wants to be free. Think of the demoniac that came to Jesus that had 2000 demons. He came up to Jesus. What have you? Why have you come to torment us before our time? And the Bible says that he knelt before Jesus and worshiped him. Demonized with 2000 demons. Amen. Y'all with me? That person wanted to be saved. God allowed that man, by his grace, to see that there was a deliverer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I know this is going to be some new ground for you, maybe. But say, I am one of God's vessels to cast out devils. Out of those who want to be ca- have the demon cast out. Some people don't want to be delivered. And it's not their time. But if you encounter those situations, and we have, you pray for those people. You pray for their deliverance. You stay at it. In the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says if one would stand the gap, God will move. But again, we're called on the carpet because we must believe that we receive the things we ask when we pray. I'll tell you what. God is ready to do something so fresh and new in each one of our lives. I want Matthew 6, to become more of a reality. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything you need will be added to you. Added. Glory to God. Everything you need will be added. Don't worry about clothing and shelter and all this stuff. The Father knows when one sparrow falls to the earth, you don't think he cares for you. A lot of people, a lot of Christians still got the brakes on with ties. Ah! Don't touch my don't touch my money. Is it yours? Or is it God's? <laughs> All this church wants to do is to take tithes and offerings. I'm trying to help you. Isn't that funny? That some people's heartbeat is back here. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Well, that was pretty good, Pastor. Thank you. Next verse. Verse 14, please. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. What is the law of Genesis? Anybody know what the law of Genesis is? Every seed produces after its own kind. Say every seed produces after its own kind. So if you're born of him and we are born of him, it's just natural that his life exudes through us. But we are the gatekeepers. Understand this. You're the gatekeeper of the amount of the kingdom that is allowed to flow out of you. Let's not be selfish with our Jesus anymore. Y'all agree with that? Please stand. So, new beginnings and divine favor. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Ah. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus thank you for the variety and the diversity of the preaching and the teaching in the house. But Lord, we do, we we're at your table today to, to feast. You prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies and Lord, that your word is to empower us. Your grace empowers us. Your word feeds us. Lord, I pray and we all pray today that the food that has been served and the the utterance and inspiration of your spirit would quicken in us a conviction. Quicken in us with the gift of comprehension, the ability to make choices, to see our life fruitful like it has never been fruitful before. I pray, Father, that everyone in this church family at this location, would be truly fruitful, multiplying, replenishing the kingdom, replenishing lives, subduing territory, starting with their homes and their spheres of influence, and having dominion in every area of our lives to manage to govern by your spirit, by your word, and to see the glory of God. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.